Welcome in to the new PFF NFL Daily. Here's a recent snippet from the PFF NFL podcast. Who are some guys that you've watched this year that are draft eligible, Brad, that you are kind of planting your flag on here early? Yeah, one guy we talked about forever ago that I said it was a hot take. It was an intentionally hot take when I said I think Jalen McMillan's my favorite wide receiver on Washington. Uh, he might be the third receiver taken in the draft from Washington, but nonetheless, uh, I love my guy Jalen McMillan. Came back for the Pac-12 championship game. I think he's your classic. I don't do comps. I, I don't have comps. Maybe one for Kate Stover, but. He's like your classic big slot, fluid route runner. I think super smooth over the middle. Um, yeah, good nuance to his game. Like I think breaks off routes with, with good footwork, no wasted movement. I think he attacks DB's leverage really well, kind of gets in their hip pocket, gets in their blind spots, um, and then finds ways to get open. And I just like him too because he can win deep. He can he can catch you know screen tunnel screens and get yards after the catch. He also is a good ball tracker in the air down the field. He's just to me that classic like vertical threat out of the slot. I guess I should watch more of him as a blocker, which would be an element there. I obviously did not filter to blocking snaps for my my uh, favorite guy in, in the draft. But just like a 6'1", 200 pounds around there, and just a very fluid mover. I think that new kind of prototype of the big slot, I, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I recently watched Jalen McMillan again, and he was, he was pretty impressive to me. I mean, just he, he has an ability to get open, find those soft spots in the zone. He's not as fluid as like Jackson Smith and Jigba was last year, but he wins in pretty similar ways. Like, right, he finds the leverage. He understands the position really well. He's great against zone coverage. Um, and I think he's a pretty decent athlete as well. So he's somebody who I think is getting lost in this in this receiver class. So I'm glad that you uh, that you shouted him out. First guy I want to shout out, Notre Dame linebacker Marist Leofo. This dude I did not really know about, and then I'm popping on some Notre Dame tape, and he is the long-haired linebacker in the middle of that defense who is flying everywhere. I was actually watching, man, I, I was watching, I can't remember if it was Camp Hart or if it was uh, Howard Cross, their defense tackle, but I was actually watching somebody else, and he kept popping on tape, and I was like, okay, I'm canceling my afternoon plans, and I'm watching another player because I've got to get to this dude, number eight, and... I've really enjoyed him. It's not a strong linebacker class. You know, Barrett Carter from Clemson announced that he was going back. Um, we've got Edron Cooper in the draft. We've got Peyton Wilson in the draft. Danny Stutzman from Oklahoma also said that he's going back. So a lot of the guys who could have potentially been in the top five linebackers of this class are going back to school now. Leah Flo, I if if he is in the class, he is to me going to be a top five linebacker. Just the way that he plays is so great. And you guys saw it on the screen there. He's got an 89.0 coverage grade over the last couple of years. And I think it's just that fluidity, that explosiveness, that recognition, that experience that he has. To me, he's not getting talked about enough. He hits you with a ton of power. And I think he's got great range in coverage, even if the instincts and I think the feel is still a little bit of a work in progress. He's enough of an athlete to where you say, okay, I'm going to bet on this. We're going to keep working with him in coverage because I think he's got the athletic ability, that fluidity to be one of those linebackers that carries a lot of value that you can draft decently high. So uh, he is somebody, Leofo, uh, that I have watched lately. Uh, he, I didn't get to him until uh, a couple of weeks ago, but he's somebody who really impressed me, and I like him a lot in this linebacker class. I think one of the top five, like uh, not cliches, but like the when you're a draft guy, which I'm, I'm starting to feel like I am one now, is you say I was watching someone else, and I this guy just kept popping up on tape. I, it's and I true, had man. It's true. It's so true. 
Oh, it it's is. the truest thing ever. No, I've, I've, I've now experienced it. Um, I also know that the urge to tweet out when a guy that you liked a couple years ago, like flashes in the NFL, yeah. it's impossible not to fire up a tweet. Like, you just oh, gotta my do goodness. It. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's the best because it can happen at any time, right? It could happen yeah. in training camp. It could happen in their first year. It could happen in their second year. It could happen in their 10th year, whatever yeah. you're pulling out the draft take. If they make one good play. To, to validate the scouting report, you're tweeting yep. it out. And you're making sure everybody knew that, uh, that you looked at, that you like this guy pre-draft. Just wait until you start getting into those moments where it's like, oh, I was watching somebody else and I saw this guy, and he ends up being like a freshman or a sophomore. So you can't even you can't even evaluate him yet. You got to wait an entire year for that to be the case. That was uh, that was Luther Burden for me a little bit yeah. this year, the wide receiver from Missouri who could very well be wide receiver one next year. He is somebody who is like damn, I, this guy could be wide receiver three in this year's class, and uh, he's not even eligible yet. So, we'll, But yeah. we'll get to him, and we'll get to a lot of those other guys. Who, who else you got on this list? Yeah, he's a star for sure. Um, yeah, so the next one here is Cade Stover out of Ohio State. And, and oh, I man. think for me with him, like he's the classic tight end that'll go probably, I don't know, round three, maybe round four, and just immediately be a, a very solid inline tight end. Uh, I think he is a good blocker, I mean, not a great blocker, but a capable blocker, a willing blocker. Um, and then sure-handed. Like I, I mentioned, I don't do comps. He does kind of have shades of like a like a Jake Ferguson, and not just because Jake Ferguson's his hot name right now, but uh, you and I went to the Senior Bowl that year when Ferguson, I thought, flashed as much as kind of any player in that class. Um, had a miraculous catch um, uh, in, in one of the practices, and, and I went back and watched a lot of Wisconsin tape afterwards. But like, just like your big buddy guy that can win up a seam, another guy like you mentioned that finds soft spots and zones. He's not a great athlete, but sure-handed, has their zero drops on the year, and does have a decent average depth of target. So it's not just like he's catching a bunch of screens and quick outs and, and leaking and, and getting you know just easy targets. He does run routes down the field, some corners, some post routes that were impressive. So yeah, like he's not the sharpest guy is not the like, you know, like, like, you know, um, most explosive guy, like, you know, anything like that, but he's just so solid. Um, and I think a team will take him, you know, pick 85 to 125 and just be happy with that pretty much immediately. Yeah. I, I like Stover, man. He, he is just a, I agree completely with your assessment. He's just a really solid football player. He's somebody who's going to be to, to, to play in the league, for a while. I don't think he's going to be this early round pick and maybe not, not even top 75 pick because this draft is, is stacked, but he is somebody that you want on your team as a tight end two, as a tight end three, as a special teams type of a player. Uh, and when, if you ever have an injury to your tight end lineup, like he can definitely move up the depth chart because he's got plenty of uh, starting experience now at tight end. You know, funny story about him. He was actually a defensive player when he was coming into college. He was a yeah, he's been a defensive end before. He's been a linebacker. Then they moved him back to defensive end. Then they moved him over to tight end. So he's only been a like full-time, okay, I am a tight end for I think this is his third year now as a full-time tight end. And he just he he gets it, man. He's just a football player. Loves the physical parts of the game, and you need that for a backup tight end. So I agree with you. Really solid football player. I like that. Uh, he would have been somebody who could have been on my list as well. I'm going to shout out Auburn cornerback DJ James. And I don't know, like some people might hear him, some people that are really in the draft and be like, oh yeah, okay, I know who DJ James is, of course. And there are other people who you hear of guys in this cornerback class, the Terion Arnold, the Kool-Aid McKinstry, Nate Wiggins, uh, Kalen King, right? Kamari Lassiter, a lot of other corners that you might hear before DJ James's name. And to me, 
he's in that tier. I don't know if he's in tier one, but like he's close to the he. He needs a, more, a lot more recognition is basically what I'm saying. You see this over the last two years, over 800 coverage snaps. So that's not like total snaps. That's coverage snaps that he is playing. 91.8 coverage grade, an elite coverage grade. And in single coverage alone, this guy loves press man coverage. He's six foot one and he's a little bit slender. He's like 165, 170 maybe. So the weight is a bit of a concern. And you definitely see that on tape that this is a skinnier player. But he's fearless. He'll get up in your face. Very comfortable with his back to the ball. His movement skills are fantastic. The explosiveness, the body control, which, you know, it better be because he's at a lower weight. But it is. So you don't want to take that away from him. Just love this mentality that this guy plays with. He's got a lot of good ball production over the last couple of years. And when it comes to teams that are very aggressive in how they play, whether it's allocating a lot of pressure up front and playing man coverage in the back, or just straight up loving to say, hey, you go shut down that player and just letting them be a good cover corner. That's the type of dude that DJ James is. So to me, it's a nice cornerback class. And there are a lot of names that people are talking about. DJ James is not getting mentioned enough as one of the best cover corners in this class. I love it. I feel like Auburn low key just has been pumping out like good day two corners for years yeah, now, man. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, as a, as a, as a noted Tampa Bay Buccaneer football watcher, yeah, uh, yeah. can confirm that uh, with, with both Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis. So, all right, who's your last guy? Yeah. So sticking with the same position, uh, Oregon cornerback Kyrie Jackson, who jumped out to me uh, in the Colorado game back when Colorado was appointment television, which seems like so, so long ago. But um, a, a big physical player. I think he's like 6'3", 195, around that range, um, but still has good fluidity, good lateral agility, can flip his hips pretty well. Um, the first Washington game, they went after him a little bit, and I think he bounced back in the second one. Obviously, they lost, and Washington did score a bunch. But I think you saw them target the guy that was not being covered by Kyrie Jackson for a lot of those reps. I think there was one Odunze bomb against him. But nevertheless, like... Well, DJ gets bombed against everybody. So, you know, yeah, like, exactly. everybody, everybody's one. He gets one free mulligan when he's going up against Odunze. Exactly, exactly. Only fair for like a top 15 pick. But yeah, so like I think really for him with me, like he, he can jam at the line. He can also sit back in, in zone and a cover three and play his deep third. Um, I think he has very good spatial awareness. Like I said, pretty good, you know, laterally for his size, but then also is willing to throw his body around, come up and make tackles, run the alley um, and, and, you know, like be an Oregon DB. He's a transfer from Alabama. Um, you can tell he has, you know, kind of a lot of that. Like I mentioned, like early down zone, late late down man, and and just kind of feels comfortable in both environments. Um, yeah, like I don't know how early he'll go. I don't really know how any of these guys are. You know, that's your job. But but I think tools wise, a very intriguing player. And then I always love I love corners that are, that want to tackle. It's just it's just it's just fun that way. Yeah, I think he's got top fifty tools. You know, I think that the big question with him is going to be certainly. I don't mean to say this is just like a cop out, but confirming the athletic tests at the combine is going to be big for him. And then team interviews, right? Because like he was suspended at Alabama. He leaves Alabama. It's like, all right, well you had the chance to, and and I can't remember where he was before then, but it was a much smaller school. I think it was a Juco school. It might've been, it might've been independence. It might've been the last chance you school, if I remember correctly, but he was at a smaller school. Then he transfers to Alabama, plays a little bit that first year, a little bit more that second year. Then he gets suspended then he transfers over to Oregon. And so just kind of like answering some of those questions and in the interviews, I think, are going to be what might put him as either a top 100 prospect or a top 50 prospect because he does have a ton of tools. I know Anthony Tresh, um, 
our PFF colleague likes Jackson a lot. He was somebody who uh, hit me up about him. And he's just like, what do you think about this guy? So uh, Anthony Trash on board with one of your, my guys. I'm sick with corner. I guess it's a cornerback theme, but I couldn't get out of the show without mentioning Mikey Sanders still, the nickel cornerback from Michigan. I, this class is loaded with guys who can play nickel. And I am a firm believer that every team in the NFL needs a good specialized nickel corner because they're different. They, they are different from outside corners. They're a different breed. They're a different build. And it's just a different mentality when you're playing close to the line of scrimmage, when you are playing up against so many different shapes and sizes of wide receivers that, that offenses will put in, in, in the slot. And when you look at this 2023 season from Sam Ristil, 83.5 coverage grade, 80.3 coverage grade against a clean pocket, and then an 81.8 coverage grade when time to throw is less than three seconds. So, you know, that's kind of the beauty of PFF data is we can sort a lot of this stuff. You can take out those throws where it's like, okay, if the quarterback's holding on to the ball for longer than three seconds, who's going to be able to cover these guys? So the coverage grade is obviously going to go a little bit further. So when you can contextualize it a little bit better, that gives you a true gauge of how well these guys can 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 cover um within a regular set of circumstances so sam Rasil is somebody who you mentioned you love guys who come up and hit not afraid to be physical he is absolutely that type of player he's a great blitzer he loves to help and run support he loves to get physical with you he's a little bit smaller and he's not the fastest dude when it comes to long speed but the short area explosiveness which is a key athletic attribute to playing the slot position to guard these wide receivers who have the two-way freedom and the two-way flexibility with different routes. That's the kind of player that you need. So I love the mentality. I love the physicality. I love the type of athlete that he is. And I think that he is going to be a starting nickel player at the next level.